McMurray Show. Here's Pete and Lisa. I use Dictionary.com every single day, multiple times a day. I use the pronunciation tool. I absolutely Uh, love it. The mm -hmm. newest Dictionary words for the fall of 2023 are out. We are excited to welcome in J-O-H-N. K-E-L-L-Y is John Kelly from <laughs> dictionary.com. And let Dork. me just tell the people we were just we were talking off the air. Lisa, doesn't John look like he's about ready to go clubbing? He's got the black shirt, the slick back hair. He's on I Zoom. wouldn't say clubbing. I just look like he looks professional. Oh. The dictionary is bringing sexy back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Said nobody ever. We're we're excited though. We do think there's a lot of uh dynamic club ready words maybe even uh in our new update so not really find new words shouldn't all the words be in the dictionary oh the words just don't stop coming we can barely keep up there is so much language change going on all the time i think a really powerful example of that is think about science think about new chemicals that are made every day there's a word for that and the dictionary's job is to do our best to capture that So we are constantly sourcing words from all over the place. We get it from radio. We get it from TV. We get it from books and newspapers. And we get a lot of it from social media as well. We get it from us. We're linguistic beings. And as we talk, as our culture changes, new words come, they change, they evolve. So it's just restless. It's restless. How do you decide what slang to include? Because I feel like now with social media, slang comes in hot and it goes out just as fast as it came in. So how do you decide if it's dictionary worthy? Well, Lisa, if you want to change your jobs from being a radio uh, host to being a lexicographer, I would welcome that because (laughs) that's a really astute observation. Slang does change really fast. And a lot of times, as soon as it goes into the dictionary, it's kind of dead. It's yes. over. And I do think, I do think that as we live our lives on you know social media, TikTok, Instagram, all that, it feels like the pace of change is even faster. All of a sudden, there will be a trend one day. So we have criteria. Uh, you want to hear what they are? I actually do because this <laughs> wow. interests me. This it is, is four main criteria. We want to make sure the word is being widely used. Are a lot of people using it? Or is it, you know, it's just one small corner, one small in-group using it? A lot of people need to be using it. Does it have a shared meaning? So take that group of people. Are they using that new word in the same way? Um, Or is that word off on the side still changing and settling into place? We want to make sure it has a little stability. Is it going to stick around? That's your question, Lisa. Mm-hmm. So that's we, the hard you know, one. That is yep. the hard one. Um, and oftentimes the word will kind of make its own decision. It, it tends to make its own decision. Um, a useful slang term will break through and settle in. Um, and finally, is it useful for a general audience? So I mentioned before some of those, you know, science terms. There might be like a 100 character long chemical name. That is very specialized, very advanced, very technical that can go into a chemistry dictionary. And if it breaks through to the mainstream, then we might we might add it in. So those are our four criteria. Great question. I am a uh, meathead and you went through those four (laughs) criteria, widely used, shared meaning, going to stick around, useful for a general audience. I immediately, John, go to Seinfeld. Yada, yada, yada. Is that in the dictionary? Because that's the first I don't know why the first thing I thought of. Everybody was using it. Everybody was using it. Yeah, yada, yada, yada is definitely in our dictionary. Um, And we still use it. We still use it. And in some ways, uh, 
the meaning of yada, yada, yada in the Seinfeld episode, which kind of glossed over some adult moments, um, has evolved. And now we use it for blah, 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 and so on and so forth. So right. these words keep on changing. It's okay, just so crazy. I'm looking at some of the new words, and some of them make sense to me, and some of them I have no idea. Like, what is John? Ooh, John. This is a Philadelphia. J-A-W-N. For those of you struggling with my accent. I know it sounded like I said John, (laughs) but I said John. 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 J-A-W-N. This is a useful word and it's a Philadelphia regionalism. You know when you, you know, you need to refer to someone or something and you don't know what to call it, like a thingamabob or a thingamajig. Oh. John can be that. So hey, can you hand me that um that 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 John over there? Um you might, you'll hear that in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, it's sort of a, what you I got to go to Philly. I need to, I want to see this used on the streets of Philly. <laughs> you know, you will see it used uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, one of, one of our editors is from Philadelphia and he says, um, you know, if you're driving along the roads there, you'll see it in all sorts of wordplay. Um, so there might be a billboard and there might be an attorney and the oh, attorney wow. might be named John, right? J-O-H-N. And he'll, he'll riff on J-A-W-N. So it's very right. well known there, but we're, we're giving it uh, a bigger audience. New now. life. All right. Yeah. I love it. Well, let's go through some of these. That is in the pop culture and slang category. So John, J-A-W-N. John, what is shower orange? <laughs> well, you want to take a guess what a shower orange is? Is I'm it an you orange you eat in the shower? Ding, 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 ding. What? <laughs> So have you all I mean, heard of I, a, I've heard of a shower beer. There like you that go. seems more accessible to me than a shower orange. I'm but... gonna try it. I am gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm eating an orange in a shower. This is this is the work we do for a dictionary, everybody. But then That's think exactly about it. it. If you eat an orange in the shower, then your mouth will taste as fresh as the rest of your body feels. I, I guess that's the I guess that's the idea. So a shower orange, like you said. Uh, the expression is modeled after phrases like, you know, a shower beer or a shower wine. And the idea is if you eat an orange in the shower, it has a very aromatic, fragrant effect. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how some people put eucalyptus in the shower. Right. This right. is a good example of you wow. know, how new vocabulary kind of. Interesting. It, it might start and go viral on social media. Coffee nap is another example of this, too. Do you want to guess what a coffee nap is? You go it's to a Starbucks. Nap. You take, take before you have coffee. <laughs> technically, technically, it's after. Technically, it's after. What kind Again, of lunatic we, needs a nap after the coffee? <laughs> we we live in wondrous times, everybody. We live in we live in wondrous times. A coffee nap is this idea, this practice that argues you have a cup of coffee and you take a little power nap afterwards. And for whatever reason, that combination of coffee and sleep is supposed to supercharge you. This Coffee sounds like something I'm not making out it up. of. I don't make the rules we out of Silicon Valley. This sounds like way, a Silicon Valley experience. Right. Yeah. Back to shower beer. Shower beer in there because I've done that. I've never done shower orange. Let me, you know, I'm going to do a little reset, real time research. It should it be. better you go be in dictionary.com. Let me do All a right. reset while you're doing that. John Kelly of dictionary.com is on with us. The newest dictionary words for the fall of 2023 are out. I got to know what this word is because I love the word jamoke because of how it feels in your mouth. (laughs) And this word looks difficult to read, but it also looks fun. So it's Jola Boca Flod. Is that how you pronounce it? Or is it Hola Boca Flod? Well, both. Well done. Well done. This is one of my favorite words interrupted. Yola Boca Flod. Yola Boca Flod. Do you know what it literally means? 
No. I am so clueless on this one. Christmas book flood. It's Icelandic. I was going to so, say it sounds. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So this is this is an Icelandic term that that got popular and we borrowed it in English. That's called a loan word. And it literally means Christmas book flood. You can see book and flood in there. Mm-hmm. The J-O-L-A. Have you ever heard of a Yule log? Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, that's essentially the same word. So it's Christmas oh. book flood. And it it's refers to this flood. It's a Yule book flood. And it refers to this wonderful tradition around Christmas time in Iceland where books are given in red to celebrate Christmas. So you get a bunch of books and you cozy up and you read them. And how wonderful it is that we have a word for this. Yola Boca Float. Um, it's utterly delightful to say. It's a fun job. It's so fun. Style. Yep. Let's bang through a few of these. Information pollution. What is this? I think we can all relate to this. Um, it, it, it refers to the fact that now more than ever, when we go online and we encounter something, we have to kind of think twice, what's going on here? Can I trust this? Is this from AI? Is there uh, misinformation or disinformation going on? It refers to the fact that our facts, our data, we have some sort of pollution of them based on artificial intelligence, like I mentioned, uh, due to some bad actors, like I mentioned. So that's information pollution. Greenwashing. Greenwashing. Um, That's the big, that was a word I heard everywhere this year. Yeah, this this word and others feature a combining form called washing. You know, you might Mm -hmm. see this in, you know, pink washing or sports washing for green washing. It's when a company or an organization presents itself as doing good for the environment, but it's really doing something more self-serving. It's almost like a big company that is not an orange, you know, but in the fruit family talked a lot about their... (laughs) Green. They had a lot of greenwashing this week, in my opinion. I'm not going to touch big fruit on this call here. <laughs> yeah, don't I'll leave touch that big to you. fruit. But I think if you watch the keynote, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> don't we all have decision fatigue in life? Uh, John Kelly from absolutely. Dictionary.com. You know, when we do these updates, I often get asked what some of my favorites are. And I like to pick one like, you know, Yola Boca Float because it's it's delightful so and it's fun. a bright spot. But I really resonate with decision fatigue. I think it is a phrase for our times. Decision fatigue is when you feel exhaustion from the cumulative effect of all the decisions you have to make every day, especially right. the small ones. So, for instance. Yes. You know, you're in your morning and you got to figure out, am I going to work out? Am I going to eat my oatmeal? Am I just going to grab something on the go? Am I going to do this, that, or the other? Then you go through work and you, you know, you respond to 9 million emails and and other messages and then you're out of work and then you got to go to the grocery store and you go, I got to get dressing and you got to go, oh my God, I have 25 flavors of Thousand Island to pick from. (laughs) And then you just want to relax and you go to Netflix and you go, I'm done because I don't know what to pick. That's a decision. Yeah, I think this decision fatigue really does hit so hard with shopping, whether it's food or clothes or electronics, because like you said, we have all this information pollution 100%, out there. A lot of information. So and we're like, polluted. I don't know what to do. I'm starving. And then you just get Captain Crunch and you know move <laughs> along. How many times have you had a conversation with your spouse at four in the afternoon? What do you want for dinner? I just can't make another decision today. You decide. 
It feels I mean, like feel the like world is ending, right? Every it's the day. hardest yeah. thing. Every it's day. the hardest thing. Then you get a text message, say, from your mother-in-law, and you go, let's get together for dinner. And you feel like you're about to engage in a Lord of the Rings battle up against that wall yes. because you're just trying to pick where you're going to meet for dinner. It's hard, everybody. It's hard out there. <laughs> and, and one final note for you is gastro diplomacy. Gastro diplomacy. <laughs> oh, Lord. This is a real thing, and it refers to when countries use its cuisine to develop its diplomacy and to build relationships. So think of Thailand, you know, having, you know, promoting its wonderful cuisine to build its relationship with other countries. How wonderful is that? Very cool. I love it. Truth be told, when Lisa and I talked about having someone from Dictionary.com on the show, we're like, ah, it could be fun. Man, you're great. We got to have you back. (laughs) I'm happy to be back. And I think the same of both of you, Lisa and Pete. So I hope try a shower orange. And next time you're back, I want to talk about it. Yes. It is John Kelly from dictionary.com, everybody. Thank you, John. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. More of the Pete McMurray Show next.